Well, it seems Debbie Benson didn't make that Texas cheerleading squad. She tried her heart out, but guess it wasn't meant to be. Broken hearted and just plain broke, she decided what she needed was a change of scenery. Got to get our beer swigs in. Swig. Swig. Swig, swag. Get in the bag. No, I don't want to get in the bag. Okay. (laughs) Me me and the president have a lot in common. Oh, yeah? Why is that? You both have mug shots? We're both hardened men. (laughs) Need to, uh, I need to dust mine off. Get it back in rotation while mugshot fever is still strong. It looks like he was like in the middle of throwing up and he looked up at his friend who was trying to take a picture of him. That's the look on his face he has. He has the scowl of a man who's coming to steal Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I was smilier than that, but I was probably more lit than him when yeah. I got taken in. <laughs> That's true. Also, he probably didn't have to sleep on a goddamn bench. No, I think he was in and out in 15 minutes. That's how they should have done me. Yeah, I know. There's no justice in this country. His crimes were far worse than yours. <laughs> like, dramatically. Yeah, they're gonna... They got him. They got him on uh, on the gangster charges. Yeah, he's a, he's a Rico boy now. Yeah. Speaking of mobsters, gang ties, and so forth, welcome to the Raincoat Report. Oh, yes, and this is Boss here with Jeremy. And this is Jeremy. Hey, I'm in the mafia now. (laughs) Well, speaking of hardened men, uh, I became a more hardened man when I watched today's uh, film. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. What's, uh, what is it? Oh, yeah, uh, (laughs) this week we are talking about a film from 1981, and this is Debbie... Does Dallas Part 2. Oh, so wow, we're going to maybe go to Dallas this time? Uh, no. Is Debbie going to do some stuff? Uh, yes. Okay. So at least we've got that. We need to use AI to make the Debbie Does Dallas Part 1.5 where you see her in Dallas. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think the technology's there now. We can just scrape these films. Yeah. <laughs> just get my knife out and I'll scrape them clean. Um, and we'll... Something will come out of it. Yeah, something sticky. Yeah. You don't need to have, like... The AI will make them fuck. We don't have to have, like, a green screen, right? Uh, Yeah, the tools for that are very... Uh, rudimentary i know they don't want you to make porn with it well if you if you you can set something up offline but it takes thousands of dollars worth of equipment that i don't have but then you can make it do whatever you want and it will probably do a very bad job that's fine we have thousands of dollars we do not (laughs) but we could if everyone listening today Went over to patreon.com slash raincoat report and signed up for $5 a month. Oh, yeah. And they'd be able to get early access to our normal episodes and two bonus episodes each month. Every month. 
Yes, including uh, last week's episode where yeah. we talked about uh, some recent cult films that we watched. Yeah, we watched uh, all kinds of stuff. We saw saw Gorgo. Oh yeah, we did see Gorgo. Uh, we saw um, I saw the giant claw. Oh yeah, you did see the giant claw, and I saw like, the green screen masterpiece video diary of a lost girl. Oh yeah, so that's yeah. You could learn about what we thought about those and uh, and what we didn't think. Next Friday, we're getting into some freaky parodies, but we'll tell you more about that later. Yeah, they're uh, going to be a good time. But in the meantime, we'll just have to use our. Uh, minds to think about what Debbie Does Dallas 1.5 could have been. I never saw the Lion King one. I think it was just about Timon and Pumbaa, right? The Lion King porno? Uh, oh, Lion one, King one and a half? Yeah. Oh, I think so. I saw it when I was a kid, like whenever it came out on VHS direct-to-video, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. I know Lion King 2 was Simba's pride, but I also don't really remember what that was about other than the subtitle. That one was about how he was fucking and had a bunch of kids. There was Aladdin and the the Return of Jafar. Yeah. And, and then in the Prince Forty of Thieves. Thieves or yeah. Prince of Thieves, because it's his dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, and there's that guy, he has a golden claw. He's pretty tight. There was also Robin Hood Prince of Thieves with Alan Rickman as the Sheriff of Nottingham. Mm-hmm. And Rick Wakeman of Yes and a cape. Oh yeah? <laughs> Usually. Okay. <laughs> you see him, he has a cape on, yeah. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Today, what's here is Debbie Woods. Deborah Woods. Pamela. Debbie Bam- Benson, Bambi. played by Bambi Woods. Bambi Woods. So she returns from the original. Uh, Arbola, Robert Kerman, returns from the original, playing a completely different role. Okay. And I uh, he was on the first one. That's cool. Yeah, he was the teacher, and in mm. this one, he's just a trucker. Gotcha. And I thought maybe at the end it'd be revealed that he was the same character or something, but it did not happen that way. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. There's not much revealed in this film. There's a lot ve- revealed physically. Yeah. But, like, you don't get any deeper uh, Debbie lore. Don't you think. don't, but uh, she does grow a bit as a character, I'll say. Yeah, because she's in this film. So is a uh, serial alleged sex predator Ron Jeremy, who I did look up, did and he didn't. It? Okay, he didn't stand trial because he was uh, considered mentally unfit. Okay, well, uh, he got the Jimmy Snuka treatment. Yeah, he's got donkey brains. Jimmy Snuka died not long afterwards, at least. Ron Jeremy, I guess, is still sitting around drooling on himself and jacking off. Yeah, is he at least in jail? Uh, that I'm not sure of. I don't know if I they, think or they if put him, like, in an asylum. I think he's got to be in custody somewhere. You think in a different life, when I worked at the hospital, they could have wheeled Ron Jeremy in? <laughs> yeah, I think that might have uh, happened... If you had, uh... Imagine having to bathe that guy. (laughs) Oh, boy. Wow, look at those tits. He is uh, committed to a state mental health facility in California. 
You want to write him a letter? You want to get a pen pal ship going with Ron Jeremy? Uh, I don't know. We've been seeing a lot of him lately. We sure have. It says that he could be committed for up to two years, so afterwards, does he just get to go free? Yes. Great. Yeah, he's uh, he's back on the street. Some menace again. Well, we've still got another year and a half or so, but, uh, you know, for all of our listeners out there, watch out for the hedgehog and protect your holes. Yeah, be careful. Uh, he's going to have your address soon. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> great. I thought we were going to put your mom's address down for any uh, mail correspondence we did. I don't want him to show up at my place. That's he can, fair. He can come here. <laughs> no, he can't. You have a history of people crashing on your couch. It's fine. Uh, I have a history of people that I know crashing on my couch. You know him in a way. You're familiar with his work, his life. I mean, I guess so. Solomon Bikini... Hot Rod Race. Oh, Bikini yeah. Bikini Race Summer. Bikini Bed Race? One of those. Something like that. It was about bed races. It was about bed races. And this movie today is not. This movie is... <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> this movie is about the best little whorehouse in uh, that part of the country. Yeah, it's in it's in Texas. It is. Uh, not in Dallas. It's but not. somewhere in the, uh, in the country where the sheriff can just pick up whoever he wants and sexually assault them and then take them to a whorehouse. Well, she was going there anyway. Well, yeah, but... Well, we're going to get into that, though. You're yeah. getting ahead of yourself <laughs> because our sheriff is played by Billy Ray Cyrus. <laughs> uh, our sheriff is played by Ron Hud, who we've uh, seen before. Yeah. Uh, in addition, we have... Uh, uh, Gene Silver, Long Gene Silver, uh, Ashley Wells, uh, Daniela, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Lisa B, yeah. Lisa Centrice. Tyja Ray, I think, shows up. Uh, Tyja Ray does not show up in this one. You're thinking of next week's episode. Okay, sorry. Uh, where she is uh, featured. Just a little teaser for our listeners there. You can try to figure it out. Yeah, but she checking was, through her IMDb credits. Yeah, she was only in a ton of movies. Uh, Park Richards, Sean Elliott. Uh, yeah, a bunch of people that we don't see a whole lot of, but uh, we see a lot of them in here. Yeah, certainly. It's a, it's a cast of primarily uh, sort of your, your B team in a way. Your Lisa B team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and see what Debbie decides to do after her cheerleading dreams are over. Smashed. Before they even began, truly. Those Dallas dipshits. (laughs) They didn't know what they had in front of them. Yeah. Not like in 63. They killed the president. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's not a great city, right? Well, no. No. I went to their airport once. You've said that. It was big. Great. That's all I got. <laughs> all right. Uh, I love, well, I love airports. <laughs> <laughs> What's the deal with airports? Uh, I don't know. You've been to more than me, it sounds like. Uh, I've been to three. I've been to two. 
No, I've uh, been to three. No. I went on one trip that had me go to three airports because there was a transfer in the middle in Dallas. Dallas Fort Worth. I know. DFW. Yeah. To LAX. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were going to the, the went to the Penny Arcade. I went to E3. Same thing. Taking a break now. Okay, well, uh, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be back to talk more about Debbie Does Dallas Part 2 and the various airports related to that. Ain't no damn airport. All right. Yeah. Yep. Debbie does Dallas part two. She does do Dallas part two. So Debbie does Dallas part two opens with Debbie laying down in a uh, truck. We're told by our narrator, who uh, is a a country fellow, Mm -hmm. uh, that... Debbie didn't make it as a Texas cheerleader, and she needed a change of scenery. So we see our truck driver, Arbola, uh, driving the truck. Mm -hmm. As he does. And we get our title card and see uh, a cutaway to Debbie dancing in a Cowboys cheerleader outfit. We then cut to Debbie talking to the trucker, Arbola, here. Uh, she talks about how she didn't want to be a cheerleader anyway for a bunch of sissies in uniforms. And now, instead, she's going to go to her aunt's ranch, the Xavier Ranch, uh, which she believes to be a cow farm, although the trucker indeed recognizes what the Xavier Ranch is and seems a bit excited. It's a, uh, it's a house of ill repute. It is indeed. She talks about how she wants to be a country western singer. The trucker invites Debbie to his place to change before she sees her aunt, but she declines. She says that she doesn't want to miss her aunt because she doesn't know that Debbie's coming, and her aunt, again, works at the ranch. We then fade into a vision of the trucker licking Debbie's ass. This isn't from the last film, is it? No. Okay. Because he doesn't... There's not really a sex scene with him. It's just his fantasies. Not uh, not at this point. Not at this point. No, no. But So, you know. yeah, the trucker licks her ass, and we just kind of fade into him back in the truck driving, and Debbie gets out of his truck and takes off. The trucker pauses and looks at her, thinks more about her ass before taking back off in his truck. I thought he had let her off at the ranch. She just kind of slides out of his truck in the middle of nowhere, though. Yeah. (laughs) She's, like, in town. Not really. She... She is, just barely. 
I don't know. She's well, on the she's she's in uh, she's in the jurisdiction of the town. We do learn that. That's true. So we see Debbie on foot walking by the side of the road in the snow, throwing out her thumb to hitchhike. She's spotted by two uh, dorky cops here. They're uh, Willie John and Willie Mac are the names of these fucking pigs. <laughs> they ogle her a bit before deciding to uh, harass her for hitchhiking. So the pigs swarm her and ask for her ID, noting she must be hitchhiking or hustling. They say they're going to take her back to their car, but then they realize they don't have one. No, they were fucking around and slipping around in the snow for some reason. Yeah. Uh, just doing, I guess, cop stuff. I don't know. It's like you and Tyler were cops. You're just <laughs> <laughs> shuffling around on the side of the road. Yeah, and... we're just playing in the woods until we find someone to bother. But uh, I don't think you guys would bother people like this. We just haven't come across the right person yet. I guess that's fair. Well, these cops decide to stop a citizen and carjack him. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they try to put Debbie into this car that they stole from a citizen. And another truck pulls up and another pig, Little John, shows up. This is Ron Hudd's character. Excellent. He tells the other guys that this is out of their jurisdiction. And uh, makes them take off and abandon the car they stole. Little John then tells Debbie to get into his car. She asks where they're going and he tells her, Five minutes away to a little bit of heaven or a little bit of hell. You don't want a cop to say that to you ever. No. (laughs) So the citizen reclaims his car and Little John takes off with Debbie as our country narrator tells us that he's taking Debbie to jail. The other cops say that they're going to get back at Little John. We then see Deputy Little John inappropriately frisking Debbie at the jailhouse. He tells her to change into what appears to be like a robe, which doesn't seem standard issue for the jail. Mm -mm. He puts her in the cell and tells her to take off her blouse. He tells her it's the law. The only thing they gave me were some really uncomfortable sandals. Okay. So, you know, I don't know. She turns around and starts undressing, and then he yells at her to turn around because he wants to see those tits. Did the cops tell you that? Wow, look at those tits. Uh, yeah. Turn around, let me see those tits. They did. And that's how I got out. Then he tells her to take off her pants. She complies and asks if that's how he gets his kicks. He then tells her to take off her underwear and boots. She throws off her boots... She goes to put on the robe, and he yells at her again to take off her underwear. She tells him no, and he tells her to shut the fuck up and take them off. Then he steps into the cell and pulls her up by her wrists and tells her to take them off. She relents and does so. Then he tells her to take off her socks. She again says no. Little John pulls Debbie up and makes her bend over, grabbing the bars. He tells her he has to check her for drugs. She tells him that she has none, but he decides to check by pushing his finger into her vagina regardless. Mm -hmm. Little John finger fucks her a bit and she pulls away. She asks if he's really going to keep her, and he tells her that there is a way out. 
He then points to some weird poster on the wall that looks like it has, like, Karma Sutra positions on it or something. <laughs> Debbie says, oh, why not? So Debbie gets on her knees and sucks and strokes little John's cock. Yeah, she just didn't know that that was expected, or she probably would have just done it from the start, it seems like. Yeah, it seems like it. Yeah, um, cops are just being they're being too forceful right away, and they don't allow for you to, you know... Try to comply. Yeah, yeah, they just want to just want to get their hands on you in your tight little holes. Yeah, these yeah. fuckers. And you're just... Um, they're like little Jack Horner. They want to get their finger right in your pie. Yeah. <laughs> After a couple of minutes, Debbie stands up and Little John tells her to spread her legs. She bends over in front of him and he fucks her in standing doggy position a bit. We get some good shots of her tits bouncing around as she's being pounded. After a minute or two, he pulls out and comes on her ass and they kiss a bit and hug. Little John says, a woman like her doesn't belong there. She tells him she doesn't have any money. She was just going to her aunt's ranch. Little John is surprised that she's going to the Xavier Ranch and tells her a working girl ain't a vagrant and offers to give her a ride. A lot of could have been avoided. (laughs) Which leads to Debbie hugging and kissing him as uh, he's refastening his jeans. He makes her promise not to tell anyone about what happened today and she agrees. (laughs) But he tries to get her to stay a little longer and she tells him that she has to go, so... He reluctantly agrees to go ahead and take her. So then we cut to the Xavier Ranch, where a man in a cowboy hat is being blown by a lady. Uh, This is Henry, played by Jamie St. James, being blown by Betty Sue, played by Ashley Wells. We then cut to another couple on a red bed that are 69ing. This is uh, Park Richards, who is credited as The Voyeur. Uh, with Betsy Lou played by Long Jean Silver, uh, of course notable for her one leg. There's Betty Lou and Betsy Lou. There's Betsy Lou and there's Betsy Lou and Betty Sue. Okay. And there's also a Mary Lou. This is uh, the most confusing little whorehouse in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to keep these people straight. All right. Keep it going. We cut back and forth between couples with Henry telling Bet- Betty Sue. You don't know fucking know. I know because of the hard work by the people at the Internet Adult Film Database who document who is in each sex scene. And I can then look at the name of the actress and then go to the IMDb credits to figure out who they are. Excellent. That's um what... I, my work stands on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hardworking perverts. Yes. Uh, yeah, we cut back and forth between these two couples with Henry telling Betty Sue not to make him come too fast as she continues to suck and stroke his cock. Betsy Lou and the voyeur continue to 69 as Henry fucks Betty Sue, first missionary and then doggy style. Betsy Lou finishes the voyeur off, stroking him and licking his tip. Henry pulls out and comes on Betty Sue's ass in a slow-mo cum shot. A slow-mo wet shot, if you will. Mm. 
Betsy Lou is still licking and playing with the voyeur's cock when they all hear sirens. They first think that it's a raid, but they calm down when they see that it's Little John. Little John is greeted at the door by Aunt Xavier, played by Ginger J. Little John tells Xavier that he brought her a girl. Xavier notes that she's quite young, but Little John tells her that she's not too young, noting that he made sure of that himself. Well, good. Little John cannot stay for a drink and must get back to harassing the townsfolk, so Xavier, clearly not seeming to recognize her niece, takes Debbie in to meet the other uh, ladies of the house, who are very catty towards Debbie. Yeah, one's like, what's what's the matter, bitch? Life too rough on you? Yeah. <laughs> They're very mean. They're mean girls ranch. Xavier asks... Uh, yeah, the, the other ladies leave the room, and leaving Xavier with Debbie, and Xavier asks what Debbie's story is. And she seems surprised that uh, Xavier doesn't recognize her, telling her that she's her niece, Debbie Benson. Xavier admits that the last time she saw her was a picture that her mother sent her years ago, and she's grown since then. Debbie asks if she can stay, and Xavier tells her uh, she can, uh, suggesting that she gets cleaned up. So Xavier calls in Mary Lou and Betty Sue to take Debbie up and give her a bath. So we cut to Debbie in a bathtub being washed by Betty Sue when Mary Lou comes in. So uh, Mary Lou is Lisa Centrese, by the way. Uh, Mary Lou comes in lecturing Debbie on her taking care of her body. Debbie says ever since she stepped into the town, she's been raped, humiliated, and abused. Betty Sue chimes in saying, You must have made it out pretty good this morning. Mary Lou finally realizes that all of that happened to Debbie for no money. Debbie is confused by this conversation, and it's at this point that it's explained to her that they typically get paid well for that sort of behavior. Debbie realizes that she is in fact in a whorehouse. Oh no. And is surprised. Mary Lou tells her to lean back because she's had a rough day. So Mary Lou produces a transparent yellow dildo on a rope. I thought perhaps it was made of soap. I thought maybe it was. Uh, I don't think it was ultimately. Ultimately, that would be a terrible design. Yes. <laughs> Mary Lou says that that'll get her clean inside and out and starts to fuck her with the dildo while Betty Sue soaps her up and rubs Debbie's breasts. After a bit, the ladies help Debbie out of the tub. Mary Lou, referring to Debbie's earlier mention of having been a cheerleader, tells Debbie that she was a cheerleader for the army as well. Debbie asks what happened to Mary Lou and Mary Lou tells her, I like girls. Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's don't ask, don't tell. Yeah. <laughs> it was, this was before that, but uh, it also hadn't been repealed yet either. Right. So it was in that gray area. The ladies lay Debbie down on the bed and offer to rub her body from head to toe simultaneously. Debbie is hesitant at first, but understandably enjoys it as the ladies rub her body. Mary Lou goes down on Debbie 
as Betty Sue rubs on her body and caresses Mary Lou's hair. Debbie thrashes around in delight. Mary Lou tongue kisses uh, Betty Sue a bit, and then she gets on top of Debbie and makes out with her as Betty Sue licks Mary Lou's ass. We then fade out from here and see Debbie asleep in bed next to a Raggedy Ann doll. Aunt Xavier walks in to wake her up. Xavier tells Debbie she talked to her mom on the phone and confirmed that Debbie indeed was her niece. She then tells Debbie that she can't stay. She tells Debbie this isn't a cow farm, and Debbie admits that she's figured this out, noting it's kind of obvious. Xavier tells her that she'll buy Debbie a ticket home, but Debbie wants to stay. Mm-hmm. She's uh, learned to love the life. She has, quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Aunt Xavier reluctantly agrees to let her stay one more night. She tells Debbie she'll show her what goes on here and let Debbie decide for herself. We then cut to a strip routine being performed by the character credited as the exotic dancer played by Daniela. We see Xavier telling Debbie that in this room, clients can create their own fantasies as they watch things happen here. This room is several different, like, fabric-covered levels, like a cat tower. <laughs> kind of in a way. Yes. It's almost like, a, yeah, it's like a weird couch room, almost, yeah. like with different levels of cushions and stuff. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very fantastical. It is. One might say. Uh, but... I was just mostly thinking about the, how cats would play on it, probably. <laughs> and um, it's all behind glass. Yes, it is. Where uh, on the other side we have the the voyeur, the mm -hmm. character uh, watching as the exotic dancer, who's quite flexible and even has a piercing at the top of. Uh, either at the top of her labia or across her hood. We don't okay. get a good close-up for me to tell for sure. Sure. Uh, but she's got a nice piercing there, which is uh, not as common in 1981 as it would be later. No, you don't. I don't remember seeing it before in this. But uh, we see the... Much uh, at all. Yeah, we get to see shots of the voyeur's reflection in the glass as he's watching this. As the exotic dancer sits on the stage, Mary Lou shows up in a khaki dress outfit and starts to seductively dance in front of her. The exotic dancer looks up and down Mary Lou's knee-high boots. We cut to Debbie watching. And then we see that she's fantasizing about herself licking Mary Lou's boots. As she's in a white cowgirl outfit. After seeing a bit more of the dancer licking Mary Lou's boots, Mary Lou lays back on the stage and the dancer starts to go down on her. Again, we see Debbie watching and then see a fantasy shot of Debbie going down on Mary Lou as uh, Mary Lou grabs and twists her breasts. Mary Lou then straddles the dancer's face and is eaten out from below. Mary Lou 
then pulls her gun from her boot. Yeah. But this is no ordinary gun. It's not. It's a 50 sci-fi ray gun, but instead of a barrel at the end, it has a giant dildo on it. Sure does. It's pretty cool. This dildo is first shoved into the dancer's mouth and throat, and then used to fuck the dancer as she lays back on the stage. I think this is a prop they put together for the film. Or do you think there was like, just like a thing you could buy, and maybe like the handle was like squirt like a water gun <laughs> i don't know i would think that even if this wasn't a prop that was made for this film it was probably a prop that was made at some point this seems like the ingenuity of the uh, porno industry yeah it's it's quite cool it do, but it doesn't i think you might be right it doesn't seem like the handle has a function yeah but, and uh, we're getting quite a catalog of interesting sex toys in this you got the dildo on a rope Oh, yeah, yeah. You got uh, this thing. Yeah. I, perhaps there's a third I've forgotten. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I think that at this time, you've got to remember that uh, sex toys weren't quite as inventive as they are today. Maybe they were more inventive. Now everything looks like uh, some fucking nerd made it. There's no, <laughs> there's, no, there's no hard edges. It's all rounded. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. It all looks like an Alexa that you stick inside yourself. <laughs> where's the ropes? Where's the, where's the seam? Where's the hard plastic seam that we all know and love? Uh, Remember so, that one from, uh, was it Driller? It like lit up? Yes. Like one of those like fake candles? Yeah. You, like your grandma would have? Uh, what a world. And it plugged in, and they said it got too hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, <laughs> Mary Lou really jams the dildo gun into the dancer for a bit. We see the voyeur jerking away as Debbie watches from behind the curtain. Mary Lou straddles the dancer's face again, and then pulls out a giant double-headed dildo. They... Hold their legs open across from each other and share this double-headed dildo as Debbie plays with herself. The way the dildo is kinked, it can't be fucked well, I don't think. It's just uh, at a weird position. That's the director's fault, you know? Yeah, he should have directed this. Should have storyboarded this one a bit more to, <laughs> to really get it right. Yeah. We see the voyeur bust his nut. Some getting on the nearby window. Yeah, just a little bit on the glass. Yeah. Then he cleans the rest up and with a napkin or a handkerchief. Yes. Puts it back into his pocket. Neglecting to clean the glass. No. But I'll say you don't want to leave your you don't want to leave your seed laying around a place like this. You get, sp you get sperm jacked quick. <laughs> You're right. You know? You got the maid'll come through and she'll find that. Stick it right in herself. <laughs> and then nine months later, you got a kid. And you're like, this is impossible. I only jerked it onto the window. <laughs> Buddy, you got to take care of yourself out there. Yeah, you don't want to get dragged onto Mari. You don't want to get dragged onto Mari. You don't want to... What else do they do to deadbeat dads? They make them pay child support. You don't want to pay child support. You don't want to be like Michael Jackson. <laughs> He had that whole song about he wasn't that kid's dad. Oh, yeah. But he was, because Mari proved it. 
Oh, yeah, when Billy Jean took him on yeah. <laughs> the show. And then he killed himself. Oh, Do you not boy. remember that whole saga? I, I must have missed some pieces of that. Yeah. Well, that's well, how it happened. <laughs> so the ladies continue to fuck this dildo, with Debbie again imagining herself fucking the giant dildo with Mary Lou. And then we cut to Mary Lou and the dancer making out with each other on the stage. Xavier comes up beside Debbie as she's watching and asks what's wrong, and Debbie tells her nothing. We then cut to Betty Sue's room where there's a knock at the door. It's Henry who says, I'm home, honey. She tells him to take off his shoes and calls him a twerp. She lays into him for being late and dinner being cold. He begs her for forgiveness, saying the boss made him stay late. Betty Sue says the car's falling apart and they need a new dishwasher, and he didn't even bring her roses, pointing at the bouquet of non-rose flowers that he brought her. She says, bullshit flowers. Yeah. She says she's going to dinner with a friend. And Henry eventually explodes, yelling at her and throwing her onto the bed. She asks what he's doing, and he tells her that she's his wife, and he's not taking it anymore. He throws off his clothes and walks over to the bed and grabs her by her hair and demands that she sucks his cock. And she does. Off to the side, we see Xavier telling Debbie, who's watching, that some men have issues with their personal relationships, and this place allows them to work through their issues. Yeah, it's healthy. She adds that they're providing a service to them. And do you think he opted to wear the mustache, or do you think that was a casting decision? Ultimately? I don't know. Like, did his character put the mustache on, <laughs> or is his character wearing a fake mustache for the film? I don't know. We never real will. We never real. We never real. We never really know. I recovered that pretty nicely. We see Henry fucking Mary Sue missionary on the bed from a wide shot and then some closer up penetration shots from behind and some close ups from the side of the old in and out. He bangs her for a bit and eventually pulls out to come on her pubes. Afterwards, Henry tells her to go down on him again because he's ready to go. Yeah, I feel uh, like he fucks very stiffly. Okay. Like, at least at first, I feel like when he's he's just kind of bouncing on her in a, a very stiff manner. Okay. But, uh, that's just a, it's neither, I guess it's neither here nor there. Just an observation about what I saw. I'll have to do my part of the report as well. So Betty Sue asks again, and so she starts to suck his cock more. Henry tells Betty Sue to straddle him and ride him for a bit, and she does. She rides him for a couple of minutes here, and then he tells her to bring her head down so he can come all over her face. Betty Sue dismounts and he strokes his cock hard and milks out a load onto her face. It's gonna pop. There's really not that much, though, because it's his second load. Right. Unfortunately. Betty Sue says, I love you, Henry, and Henry tells her, any time. He then tells her that he's going to the bar, and he's not sure when he's coming back. She asks if he'll call her to tell her when dinner should be ready, and he says, maybe, and eventually leaves. Debbie tells Xavier he must have a rough home life. Xavier notes there's all kinds of men here, 
For some, this will be the first time, and you must be patient with them. Some may come quickly, but you should spend some extra time with them afterwards. Yeah, that's just that's just being a good host. It's good customer service. It is. Debbie asks, all that for $15 a trick? She notes, this is what keeps good customers as good customers. We then cut to three guys in a locker room. Fifteen doesn't seem like that much, though. It isn't. Um, it's I mean, 80s money. Okay. We can convert it if you want. I'm going to say that's about $47 now. Let's see. So $15 in... 1981. 1981 is $52.71. I really undervalued it even. Yeah. It's still not like a ton. Our money's worthless. Yeah, I don't know. So I spend like $15 on a CD now. If I bought that CD in 1951, you think I'm spending 50 goddamn dollars on a CD? You're a lunatic. <laughs> so yeah, we cut to three guys in a locker room. They're talking about going to... I don't the... even like Three Doors Down that much. <laughs> uh these guys are talking about going to the ranch. It's apparently a tradition after the last game of the season. Yep, they uh, all make a trip to... Perverted porno zones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been waiting to press that one this whole episode, <laughs> and finally I got a chance. The wet blanket of the group tells them that the coach said that they weren't allowed to go. The other two say they have to go and make plans to meet up later. We then cut to a car with the two cops from earlier, mm -hmm. along with the coach, played by Ron Jeremy. Yeah. And he's upset that his players are always going off and blowing their loads after the game. Yeah. But it's the last game, so it's not like they were, you know, like out there, like, doing it every week. It's not like... Uh, our local uh, college, like football or football or basketball scandal or whatever, where they were just like hiring tons of prostitutes. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's not like that. They're saving it all for the end of the season, right? You know, I think, I think Ron Jeremy should be a little more understanding. Yeah, they just specifically need... because he's Ron Jeremy. Yeah, especially since he's Ron Jeremy. Yeah, he knows he should know better than anyone that there needs to be an appropriate time to let all this out. Yeah, and not just whenever. Or else you end up in a mental hospital where I take care of you. <laughs> do, you do you just imagine what that experience would be like? I imagine he's probably not very communicative right now. I would imagine he's doing a lot of the like thing where you like... <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe. Maybe playing it up a bit. I'm not sure. I would I would get to the bottom of it, though. Yeah, you, you always think to yourself, you know, suspiciously, you know, mm -hmm. are they just trying to get out of going to jail? Yeah. You're trying to get out of going to jail, Ron? I'll find out. You put me in that nursing home or that mental institution for a couple of weeks, I'll, I'll sniff it out. <laughs> Back at the ranch, we see Little John arrive, talking to Xavier as Debbie enters the room. Little John explains that the coach from the high school is coming with the cops. 
Little John notes that there's always been a question of whether or not Xavier's place was in his jurisdiction or not. Debbie makes a claim that she thinks that she can stop the cops without giving any details. We then see the coach and the cops looking at the uh, ranch from outside, but they note that they've drawn the curtain so they can't really see inside. How did this high? This must be a small town for the high school football coach to have this much sway over the cops. Well, yeah, there's only two cops in town, I yeah. think. <laughs> and they both, he coached both of them. Yeah, probably. Yeah, they remember quite fondly their forbidden night at the Xavier Ranch after the last game. Right, because after uh, they finished their high school football careers, their lives were completely irrelevant to anybody around them. That's other they, than the people they harass. Yeah. That's probably like the fourth or fifth time they've carjacked that one guy. (laughs) Oh, man. The movie should have been about them. That would have been fun. So inside the ranch, we see the ladies flirting and dancing with the uh, two young men. The coach and the cops head inside, but are stopped by Little John. Uh, It's here where we actually get the cops' names, which are Willie John and Willie Mac. Again, more confusing and easy to mix up names, especially with Little John being the other cop. I think they're trying to fuck with us. The cops say that they're on official business, and Little John tells them that this is a private party and they need an invitation. Little John asks if they have a warrant. Xavier then comes up and asks the cops what's happening. Little John says that they're here to cause some trouble. Xavier then asks who the cop's friend here is, and the coach says that he's not a friend. He's just there to get his boys. He tells the cops to go upstairs and see if they can find them. The coach then, before the cops even make their way upstairs, runs into the boys and starts to give them shit. Xavier points the cops to a room upstairs. The coach is not impressed by this establishment. Xavier says that, We've been here for years, and the coach says that doesn't mean it's right. We cut to the cops in a bedroom upstairs, excited that they might get laid tonight. Downstairs, Xavier asks Coach for his coat so that he can get more comfortable. The coach tells her he won't be there for long, and Xavier tells him he might change his mind after he's been there for a while. The coach then walks upstairs himself. So we see the cops upstairs who are joined by Sissy, played by Lisa B. Here she is. She introduces herself by revealing her breasts noting that she hopes this is the beginning of a long and profitable relationship. She notes that she hasn't gotten any in a while, so she tells them to get comfortable as she lies down. She lays on the bed, opening her legs as the cops excitedly undressed. We see a a shot of her uh, vagina in the mirror as they're undressing. Then we see her on her knees sucking both cocks, individually and simultaneously an impressive performance indeed we then cut to the coach who's in that uh weird couch room yep that's where they stuck him uh we see debbie and xavier looking at him from behind the glass window where the uh, voyeur came xavier asks debbie if she really wants to do this and debbie says that she wouldn't miss this for the world so we see the coach shuffling around the room a bit And then it starts to fill with smoke and eerie sound effects play. Yeah, it's filling with gas. They're killing him. (laughs) 
Then, from the smoke, we see Debbie in her cheerleader garb with Mary Lou at her side. Debbie performs a cheer, which makes the coach say, This must be a dream, and then he is overcome with lust and grabs a hold of Debbie. In the other room, Sissy is sucking one pig while the other's fucking her doggy style. Sissy excitedly asks to get fucked harder as this continues. Oh, give me your cum, boy, she says as the cop who's sucking. As the cop who she's sucking finishes in her hand and on her mouth. The other cop continues to fuck her doggy style as she looks back at him with cum on her face. This cop continues to fuck her for a bit and eventually pulls out and, as she demands, comes all over her ass. He smears his cum onto her ass with his dick a bit and she reaches back and strokes it more. We then cut to the coach and Mary Lou. Um, we then cut to the coach and Mary Lou is sucking his cock as Debbie is in doggy position, bent over a cushion. The coach begins to fuck Debbie doggy style as Mary Lou licks his balls. After a few moments of this, the coach rolls Debbie over and goes down on her for a bit. Mary Lou is licking his ass from behind. The coach then pushes his cock into Debbie as she's laying back on the cushion and fucks her for a bit, stopping to lick her nipples and nibble her tits a bit. Did it seem like someone had maybe like a spotlight or a flashlight focused on certain parts? Maybe. I, I don't know. I thought I, saw, I thought I saw it. Could be. I mean. Spotlight on them because they're in the fantasy room. Yeah. There's all kinds of smoke everywhere. Okay. I don't know. I thought maybe you would have noticed. I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry I brought it up. The coach continues to pound her in this position for a couple of minutes, and we cut to see Mary Lou licking his ass more. He stands up, and Mary Lou sucks his cock, gagging on it a bit. Debbie comes over and licks Mary Lou's ass from behind. Mary Lou's really deep-throating the coach's cock, and... Being the massive hog that it is, it's quite an accomplishment, mm -hmm. though she has to go slow and gags on it as she does. Mary Lou lays face down on the ground, her ass stuck up in the air a bit, and the coach pushes his cock into her ass. Debbie reacts in shock with her mouth gaping open as she watches. He's going in from kind of like the side. Yeah. It's an interesting angle. So then Debbie gets down in front of Mary Lou and licks her nipples and plays with her breasts as the coach ass-fucks Mary Lou. Debbie plays with Mary Lou's clit a bit as she's still getting fucked, and then the coach pulls out and comes on Debbie's face, with Mary Lou joining to lick and suck the coach's cock and make out with Debbie. We then cut to Debbie laying in the truck that we saw her in at the beginning. She awakens to the trucker crawling into the bed area with her. She asks if she knows him from somewhere. And he just responds asking if he can see her tits for $10. <laughs> she says okay for old time's sake. Country guitar kicks in. And we see Debbie going down on the trucker. Him returning the favor. Him fucking her from on top a bit. And then him pulling out and her stroking him off onto her stomach with her rubbing the cum into her breasts. We then cut to the trucker collapsed on top of Debbie. We cut to Debbie in her cheerleader outfit again. And 
she says, After that, boys, I'm ready for anything. Let's have some fun. She shows favorite song starts in the credits roll. <laughs> she shows off her tits for the camera and we cut to credits, which is over an image of a neon cowboy hat. Yeah. It's they don't play that song a lot. Unfortunately. It's another country western blues song. But, uh, you know, the taste of your sperm really would have ratcheted it up a notch. Yeah, that should be over the credits of most films. Yeah. It would hype you up for the end of a movie, like when they would play the ninja rap over the end of the second Ninja <laughs> Turtles. <laughs> like, oh shit, look what I just saw. <laughs> uh, it's not a... This part two, it's not quite Secret of the Ooze, as we'll no, discover. <laughs> but there is quite a bit of ooze. There sure is. But uh, uh, with an, that... It's a news we already know a bit about, I suppose. Yeah, there's not much of a secret. Yeah. But uh, we're going to go ahead and we'll take a break, and then we'll be back to give our final thoughts on Debbie Does Dallas Part 2. I'm home, honey. Make sure you take off your shoes, twerp, before you come in. I do take off my shoes. See? Big deal. What are you doing here so late? Dinner's ruined. I'm tired. I got a headache. And I'm not in the mood. Honey, it's Tuesday. Tuesday? You missed your big chance, Buster. I told you, if you were late again, I'd cut you off. But honey, this be the third time this month you've cut me off. I've been working so hard lately. And the boss, he kept me where I've worked so late. You know everything I do. This is you in the house. Well, you're gonna have to do better. The car's two years old. It's falling apart. I need a new dishwasher. And besides, what the fuck are those? I like roses. I'm sorry. The forest was closed, and, you know, I hurried home just just to see you. Mm-hmm. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? You think they're going to win this year? Yeah. I don't gonna... think they are, because they didn't hire Debbie to cheer them on. You think that'll make or break it? I don't think the cheerleaders really get paid very well, from what I understand. Uh, I... Wouldn't be surprised by that. They get paid in like BW3's coupons and stuff. <laughs> like various, the only food they get comes from like stadiums and such. <laughs> they get all the nachos they want, but that's about it. Yeah. No health insurance. <laughs> but a lot of that thick orangey cheese that we all know and love. Which is a bad combo to also not have health insurance. That stuff will keep you like together inside, though. It'll hold you together. <laughs> it's fine. It's sticky. Well, it's time once again for... The Raincoat Review! <laughs> Debbie Does Dallas, Part 2. The uh, sequel to one of the most popular pornographic films of all time yes uh it's about on the same level as the first one okay uh i think i might have enjoyed this one a little bit more i think uh the setting and the trappings of it were uh more enjoyable there's no candle shop no there isn't a candle shop but what there is is a lot of sloppier sex yeah the sex is much sloppier this time around they uh they did tighten it up and included debbie more often 
Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I'm glad they did that. They took my advice. You have to focus on at least one of the things in the title. Yeah, and, if you're uh, not going to focus on Dallas, at least focus on Debbie. Right. And uh, as I said at the beginning, this doesn't really deepen the uh, Debbie lore too much. But uh, you do see the slightest development of her as a person. And then I don't think there are any more of these, are there? Uh, are I there think that there are... Like a hundred of them? Probably like, many. Like Amityville, where there's just... Yeah, I... Like and spun off forever. There's definitely a bunch of films that are like Debbie does. I don't know how much uh, Bambi oh. Woods actually has involvement in yeah. them. But, uh... Yeah, this one's just, uh... It's a little more fun. No one's in high school, so I don't have that weird questioning of why are they doing this? They shouldn't be doing this. This isn't right. Uh, there are high school football players. They don't have sex. They don't have sex. They they wisely cut that out. Uh, there is a Debbie Does Dallas Part 3. Well, there you go. With uh, Bambi Woods. I guess we'll have to watch. I thought that was it. I thought this was it. There's a number three? Yep. Oh, From 1985. So four years later. That's not going to... That's not going to be great. Uh, uh, Bambi Woods is credited. Uh, it says clip for her. So I don't think that she... So this is the... This is it for Bambi. Uh, I believe so. She doesn't have uh, much of a filmography. Uh, in fact... Yeah, it's just uh, basically these. These two. So uh, I've pretty much covered the entire filmography of uh, Bambi Woods. And uh, I would say, I think the legend uh, like outstrips the actual uh, material that we have. Like when you hear Debbie Does Dallas, you think pornography. Right. But what you should really think is bait and switch <laughs> uh this one it's at least in texas we assume it could be yeah. texarkana i don't know how far away she got from dallas before our just dropped her off in the woods yeah uh but uh that's neither here nor there it uh it's a bit unfocused i would say overall there's uh and it's a little short too, maybe, but it does seem like it kind of gets going just about as it ends. Yeah. In some ways, uh, you spend a lot of time with her being shown around the whorehouse, and then immediately Ron Jeremy shows up and disrupts everything, <laughs> and then she's on her way again, fucking truckers. Yeah. Fucking and sucking. Uh, I don't know. I, I I thought it was all right. I thought the sex was definitely better. Yeah, uh, I think it looks pretty good. I think what did the vinegar syndrome restore this one pretty yeah. recently? So it looks nice, uh, but uh, I would say it's a pretty average porno film at the end of the day, especially one from about 1981. I think there are better choices you can make around then. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Uh, that uh, you. I liked all the stuff with the cops at the beginning. I think there's some uh, decent attempts at humor that uh, push it along a yeah. bit more than the first one. I would probably give this a three, ultimately. Uh, sex scenes were pretty solid. 
but there's not really a ton uh, much else I would say going for it. It doesn't move me too much. Yeah. But uh, I do like it more than the original. And that's at the end all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would say that this movie is decent, but not better than decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that... It just doesn't hit any like real highs or anything. There's teases of cool things or interesting things happening that don't actually happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that... like. One thread that's interesting in this movie that I thought was going to pay off was Debbie uh, fantasizing about herself with uh, Mary Lou. Yeah, and it didn't happen. Uh, and it well, they did. it kind of did. It did earlier in the movie. Yeah, uh, but not in the khaki. Right, not again. It seemed like. Betty, or uh, it seemed like Debbie was discovering her uh, bi side or her lesbian side. Possibly. But. Uh, it's not explored very fully. Right. Yeah, which is probably why it kind of eluded me. Like. And not she, something I picked up on necessarily. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was those scenes, like, especially the, uh, the scene with the exotic dancer mm-hmm. and Mary Lou. Uh, with Debbie imagining herself in the scene, it seemed like she was, uh, you know, uh, more open to exploring her uh, sexual relationships with women, or at least just Mary Lou specifically. Sure. But uh, that ultimately didn't lead to anything in the movie, so... Yeah. As very little does. Yeah. <laughs> um, Even Ron Jeremy calls off his raid and we never see his football right. players again. <laughs> yeah, uh... Yeah, I mean, and the football players didn't get laid. No. You would have kind of expected that. Yeah, or at least they didn't get laid on camera. Right, right. Say. Um, yeah. Uh, I can't say that there was anything, like, narratively that was particularly great. No. But I will say pretty that... Pretty loosely strung together. Yeah. I will say that there was some creativity in the sex scenes. I mm-hmm. think that they were... Pretty interesting and varied. Yeah, yeah I would and say that's definitely the highlight of the film. So, overall, it definitely wasn't boring or anything. I'm going to also give it three stars. Yeah. It's kind of, I would say, around average for a film of this era. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some films that have, like, better aspects and worse aspects, and this is kind of just like right down the middle in every respect. I feel pretty neutral about it, ultimately. Uh, I yeah. neither condone or condemn it. Right. You know, if you're watching uh, Debbie Does Dallas, you might as well watch Debbie Does Dallas Part 2. Yeah. But it's definitely no Devil and Miss Jones 2. No, it's not even a Devil and Miss Jones 3 and 4. No. It's uh, just Debbie Does Dallas Part 2. And, you know... That's all we got to say about that one. Ring court adjourned. (laughs) So follow us on Instagram and Twitter at raincoat report, raincoat report at gmail.com. If you need to reach us. Um, And in the meantime, if you're going down to Texas to visit aunt Xavier's ranch, don't forget your raincoat. Otherwise you might just get painted. Yeah.